Hey everyone, and welcome to February 28th, 2018. This is Sarai Darbandi, your host of the Spirit of Aya podcast. And today we're talking about inner child work and how healing the wounds of our family of origin can truly set us free and how by doing this type of work actually allows us to, you know, heal the world. And I know that sounds like kind of a dramatic, but if there's one thing that we can for sure do, it's, it's heal ourselves. And once we are healed, we are no longer reacting or running off of this false way of living. So the inner child um, within side of like all of us and the way you can think about this is like we all have parts of ourselves and the inner child can really represent this part of us that has like a lot of remembered or suppressed or repressed uh, unmet childhood needs, whether that was time, attention, love, um, encouragement, basic needs, food, safety, um, protection, um, you know, guidance. A lot of us, um, I don't know who, even my parents, and then, you know, growing up with my parents, there was a lot of sayings like children should be seen and not heard. And, you know, if you have clothes on your back and you're fed, then pretty much like you're a good parent. And, uh, you know, I have done a lot of healing around, this and I know that my bar- my parents <laughs> my parents did the best they could. Um, I've grieved a lot of the unmet needs um, that I just didn't receive that you know affected me and sometimes still continue to affect me as an adult. But when we don't do the work and we are asleep and we are continuing to play the family dynamic role out in our in our adult lives and we're reactive it's like that's scary (laughs) i'm i'm so happy that like i've done wow yeah i'm i'm like i'm so thankful that i have done the work that i've done You know, I think there's been a lot of times in my life where I've felt lost and alone and scared. Um, Like, when when is it all going to end? So many dark nights of the soul. You know, but I really, if I reflect on it, I'm so happy that I've worked so hard on my emotional health. And I continue to do so because anyone will tell you it just, it never ends. And... Um, cause you know, if you, if you really believe in continuing just 
to really live this life, that is a part of it, you know, just as much as your financial health, your physical health, all of this stuff. And, you know, I guess I'm, it's just like, it's kind of, now I'm just thinking like as a society in the Western culture, we've been traumatized by the lack of attention to mental and emotional health. Um, it's like one of the fields that was last to kind of be nurtured. I mean, like the field of psychology is still really new. Like, I mean, if you guys think about it, frontal lobotomies were not too long ago. Like, I'm so happy. <laughs> like, I would have <laughs> I would have not been in a good place <laughs> if I was born, like, you know, in the 40s or 50s. But anyway, so... Um, and yeah, so uh, grieving when I work with people, you know, on a one-to-one -one basis, like this is the number one goal. Oftentimes people tell me about things that have happened in their past and it has not been addressed. And to me, I'm like, well, that's the problem. The unaddressed emotional pain is still living inside of you. It's a disease. You know, and then that disease, like if it lays dormant in your body, it f fucks the system up, you know, because how can we expect that something as powerful as our memories are meant to be left alone and not processed? There's so much pain inside of a memories hold pain. You know, we have to begin to realize this and that. Um, it's, you know, and I think there's still like this culture around like, um, not addressing these things. And I don't think it's fully embraced. If you, if you really think about it, like we live in a go, go, go culture. And I was just thinking about this the other day, like, I know this is going to sound like kind of harsh, um, but this is just a theory. This isn't like, but sometimes I think like this is kind of why pharmaceuticals were created because none of us can take two to three months off of work to do like full healing. You know, we need something to help us continue to function in the society that we're living in with the unaddressed emotions thoughts, feelings, and memories that we all have. And we continue to band-aid the situation. Um, I'm not against pharmaceuticals. I take, I take a nutraceutical actually, and in the UK it is considered a pharmaceutical. So, but I've wondered about this, like, would we really need that if we actually were given the time in our society to heal because you know what true healing takes months to years it really does you have a lot of people who've been walking around for about 25 to 30 years of their lives if not more depending on which generation they grew up in and then they come see somebody that's years of repressed self-medicated emotion memory and pain you know it's, it's kind of insane.
you know, I feel really raw and vulnerable saying this, but, and I'm, I hope, I think sometimes like this type of talk can sound kind of political or, you know, opinionated, but if you think about it, like, does your insurance cover to take three months off of work to do some serious healing? Do you even have that type of insurance or do you even, you know, do you have insurance? Like, you know, it all depends on what class, which social class you're in, right? Um, I know, I know, I know. And um, it's, I find this really interesting. And, you know, there, there can be simple ways to resolve this. Um, we can just kind of abide by the social paradigm and, and give in. But anyway, I think I'm kind of getting off topic. So back to inner child work. Um, do, and you can do this stuff like uh, really slowly. And it's, it's probably better if you do it slowly, right? Because if you do it too much, too fast, it can be extremely overwhelming. And... Um, so how you do this, right? So healing the wounds of the unmet needs. There's a lot of different ways you can do this. You know, you can do it through therapy. You can do it through hypnotherapy. You can do it through... Um, some people, like, who are energy healers, you know, they go in with Reiki and they heal emotional wounds that way. Um, there's a lot of alternative ways to do it. And one of them, of course, is ayahuasca. So how ayahuasca helps this healing process. And I honestly think what would take somebody who's never done any type of healing, like, like a really long time, like, you know, I'm talking someone who's never stepped foot in a 12-step program, has never read a book on self-help, um, is just really walking the earth hypervigilant and has no idea, um, you know, it could take like a year's worth of therapy and really help somebody. Um, and I don't know, like I'm a big proponent of prep preparation work and I, th and I think someone who knows absolutely nothing, maybe that's not the best idea. Um, because we all go into ceremony with an ego. So it's it's good to have some sort of framework um, for your subconscious going in so the consciousness can be safe um, and protected. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, that's my opinion. But, um, but so how ayahuasca really helps somebody in ceremony is it's just she allows to have all those memories and suppressed emotions and experiences and thoughts kind of like really begin to grieve, you know, like uncontrollable crying and purging and everything that just needs to come out, you know, that has not been processed. And a lot of times most of us are forced to just kind of continue with life and, you know, not have time to process things. Um, 
or we just don't even know that they're there. Like I said earlier, we're almost like asleep. We're asleep um, in survival, you know, because we just don't know any other way out. I call this like hijacking. Um, and it can be extreme to very subtle, you know, like when you're kind of like numbed out and fatigued all the time, that's like a more subtle form of hijacking because it's not that uncomfortable. You're like kind of tired and numb almost, but if you're constantly hyper vigilant and you know, we're, you're stuck on, that's what we call it in, in my world. Like things are, you get desperate, which is good, you know, because then you're like, I need some serious healing. Right. Um, and when you come to ceremony and you finally allow yourself to process, um, a lot is revealed to you, you know, like at a very rapid pace and the type of healing that is done for you your inner child and you actually connect with yourself is so profound. I mean, for example, like, you know, just say like you have years of repressed grief over, you know, um, like the parents that you never had and you're able to finally connect with that emotion and feel it and release it. You know, that is the goal people is releasing this emotional pain and no longer carrying it around because if we're carrying it, we are responding from it. We are reacting from it. So once we're able to process it and release it, we no longer feel like we need to, you know, live our lives from that space. We can live our lives from a space of freedom from chain free, you know, from our true selves, which is love. And that is, you know, that is really important that we are able to do that. Someone asked me today if ayahuasca can help um, with like fight, flight, uh, fight flight or responses. Um, and I think the main question was like fight responses. Uh, and the, the answer is yes. And the, I guess the more specific question was like how like the ego death part can help with the fight response. So, so fight is a survival response or reaction inside of us. And it's in that survival part of the brain. It's the old brain. It's what we would use um, way back in the day before we learned how to be more conscious and emotional beings. And, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of like, it's reactive. Um, we've all, we all have been reactive before. And um, however, there can be too much of anything in the body. So there can be too much um, fight. And oftentimes the fight response gets trained through um, needing to be in survival for whatever reason. Whether we see our caretakers who are in fight or we actually feel like we need it to protect ourselves. And um, 
ayahuasca kind of helps us see who we actually are not just see it but emotionally experience it so once we know and can feel who our true selves are you know that we kind of like almost want to retire these responses we just kind of uh there's there's no use for it um i i don't know how to really explain it better than that like because once you know the truth it's like these responses almost just don't make sense anymore um however it's difficult because um i think um the journey of healing is like this up and down process um there's no um i think i can borrow from uh the buddhism mentality and like if we attach to an emotional experience whether it's positive or negative like we're in trouble and there'll be times in your life where everything feels like one with self you feel love um and then you can have inner turmoil and i think if we can just realize that it's actually all a part of it then we're okay um we have a tendency to want to assign like not feeling well or feeling bad like when there's a lot of emotional experiences or intensity happening and i like i said i'm gonna borrow from like the the buddha mentality and it's like we just need to detach you know let's not assign an experience to it because that's it's almost like amplifying it or judging it right so really wanting to use mindfulness principles around this um because when we feel ecstasy joy and bliss like those are associated with positive and it's just another emotional experience because those also don't last forever and so what we know is that uh yeah nothing lasts forever so it's it's kind of like a it's it's like a forever flow of improved consciousness that's expanded over time and so perhaps ayahuasca will help you stay in the prefrontal cortex and the heart-centered life but that doesn't mean that you're never gonna have an ego survival response ever again i believe that's unrealistic um because we're human and to expect that of yourself like you kind of would be folding into like a perfectionistic mentality and unrealistic expectations um so that's kind of the summary on that is that yes it can definitely help um but it does require So just finishing up um, kind of like the idea of this segment today. And it's, you know, it will take a lot of a work, uh, integration work after being revealed. 
so many different things and just understanding that no matter how much work you do there will always be more um and if we can realize like that's kind of like why we're here you know to learn but you can always decide when you want to take a break you know um just kind of put it out to the universe like i'm good i don't feel like doing that right now and then you can be done with it for a month two months six months however long and then come back to it when you're ready um i have found that very helpful um there's been times where i thought i had to go hardcore into healing and it can be too much um so then just saying hey you know what i'm good I don't need to do this right now. I know I got a lot of stuff to work on, but just right now it's too much. And you can just tell your higher power, your spirit guides, whatever, you know, you believe in. And and so it will be done. You know, truly and honestly, it's, it's that simple. Um, and that's that whole mentality, realizing that you are in control of your reality. Um, so... Now, we will kind of uh, do what we always do, which is pull a card. And I'm still loving uh, John Holland's Psychic Tarot for the Heart. So, let's see. Okay. Control. Number eight. Number eight, control. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, we got to let go of that, don't we? <laughs> so, let's see. Let's see. Okay. In order to flourish relationships, in order to flourish relationships must be fluid and free rather than over rigid, overly rigid and controlled by emotional neediness or insecurity. It's important to master your emotions so they don't rule your relationship. A partnership based solely on emotion is out of balance and out of control. Self-control is the key here. Act from a combination of emotion and intellect, and your relationship will thrive and grow. Be sure that your influence is gentle and loving. This is not a time for domination. This card asks you to accept another person's unique uniqueness and not require that person to conform to a mold of your choosing just to make you feel more comfortable. This card also serves as a reminder to come from a compassionate and understanding place rather than anger or frustration. Now is the time for patience, steadiness, and clear thinking. Apply these qual qualities to your relationship with others and with yourself. If you're involved with a difficult person or situation, try to look through the other person's eyes and experience what his or her heart and soul feels. Try to see the situation from another person's perspective. With self-control comes confidence. Allow a situation to unfold and detach, from, detach yourself from the outcome. Don't try to control it. The end result of self-control and confidence is supreme peace. Take some time, examine how control and its many aspects in affecting your relationships. Yeah. Woo! That's a, that's a serious one right there. You know, and I find that interesting because... um. I feel like the ultimate, it's like, cause that, that card is like almost an oxymoron, like let go of control yet control your emotions. And I think, I think the 
uh, what I would say is just overall detach, you know, um, express yourself, but express yourself from a heart centered place, you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes. Anytime we can be empathetic and understanding and transparency without judgment is, I don't know, it's, it just does remarkable things. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, um, when we make the mistake of thinking that we can control other people, it's really, it's bad. It gets really bad. So letting go of that control and just allowing things to unfold, um, communicate or relationships can be really difficult at times. Um, sometimes giving somebody the space that they need in silence is better than trying too hard at it. You know, walking away from it and coming back can also just be just as good. Um, and yeah, so we're living in a crazy time, huh? And to end things, so today's the last day of February. I'm going to try and put up the March schedule later today for the podcast. Um, we're going into the third month of the podcast, which I'm really excited about. Um, a lot of things are happening with the documentary this month. I am meeting with somebody today to get all the files from the documentary so we can officially put together the trailer. Um which will be interesting because I will be writing the script for that. And really the script is, you know, ayahuasca transforms lives. That's it. You know, ayahuasca transforms lives. And it transforms in so many different ways. Um, the experiences that one has with ayahuasca is not of anything of this third dimensional reality we're living in. And I truly believe without a shadow of a doubt, it is like the future of healing. You know, um, it's taken us forever in this Western world to realize true healing. And I hate to say it, but a lot of the things we're treating these days, you know, we've created them. And we have to surrender to a new way, you know, and that's my mission while I'm here, you know, is just to advocate for this. Um, no matter how long it takes, I'm only 30, so I got at least like 70 more years, right? And I can't imagine what ayahuasca is going to be like in 10 years. I mean, just five years, you know, it will be a psychedelic assisted treatment for sure. And once that happens, we're going to see a type of healing that's never been seen before. So I'm really excited to do that. Um, I will see you guys back here tomorrow. Uh, have a awesome Wednesday.